0: Hello and welcome to the Daily Royal. My name is Shelby, and I have been a royal watcher for the past 10 years. In this podcast, I talk about the daily events of seven of the European monarchies. So I talk about Belgium, the UK, Denmark, the Netherlands, Norway, Spain, and Sweden. I upload Monday through Friday with occasional bonus episodes here and there. Today is Monday, May 3rd, and so we are going to be talking about all of the events from today. Um, Although I can't say there were a lot. So there were some for sure. Um, So here's what I think we're going to do today. I have very little energy, but I think we can make it through and hopefully I'll pep up a little bit here. Um, So we're going to go through the day's events. Um, It's pretty slow in the middle countries. The beginning is pretty strong and then we're ending strong in Sweden, but everything else is kind of like a little slow. So I think we're going to be able to finish our last two monarchies today that we haven't talked about yet, I think. Um, Like I said yesterday, we're keeping it super simple this week um, and really through the month of May because life is (laughs) exhausting um, for me right now and it's just different. Um, Switching jobs is challenging. I'm sure anyone understands that. Um, it's just an adjustment in terms of schedule and things like that. But like I said, um, once I'm used to this schedule, it's going to be great for all of us, I think. Um, so it's just a matter of adjustment. So we are going to jump in. We're going to start with the Belgian Royal family, um, go through, and then we'll finish out with, um, we have two monarchies to cover still that we haven't talked about yet. And those are the United Arab Emirates. And then, um... The Vatican. So let's start now by discussing the events of the day for the Belgian royal family. In traditional Monday fashion, uh, King Philippe and Prime Minister Alexander De Croo had their weekly audience. This happens literally every week. They talk about it every week, similarly to um, Queen Elizabeth in the UK having her weekly audience with Boris Johnson, the Prime Minister of the UK. It's just reported on. None of the conversations go any further than the doors, but. They of course report that it exists. Um, So that happened today. And then also today began the technically 2020, but also 2021, uh, Queen Elizabeth Music Competition that Queen Mathilde is patron for. So the Queen Elizabeth Music Competition was created by Queen Elizabeth of the Belgians. Um, And this year, so I talked about this a little bit in 2020 because it was canceled because it was 2020 and so everything was getting canceled um so each year there is a queen elizabeth music competition it cycles through four different categories um violin piano cello and voice this year this year but also last year um was Last year was supposed to be a piano year, so because it was postponed, 2021 is now a piano year, Um, and then it'll continue on in their cycle. So cello in 2022, voice in 2023, and then start over is the way this should go. Um, So Queen Matilde being the patron for the competition, um, started the day by announcing that it was back, um, and then... The same day was the start of the preliminary rounds. So like I said, it's an international music competition. um, And so the performances were live streamed today for, I believe, just like the first round of preliminaries or something. Um, I haven't figured out how it works. I think for those similar with like sport brackets, it's, it's a similar pattern in that, Um, people will be eliminated. And then at the end, there will ultimately be one winner. Um, In years past, the finals and semifinals are attended by Queen Matilde. We don't know, I don't know what that's going to look like yet for this year, um, just because pandemic and all. I do expect the final that she would be in attendance. um, But I again, I'm not sure because of just where we're at in covid life cycle. So, the um like I said, the first performances were today. Fun story, I actually like when they announced that they were live, I went ahead and put, turned them on. Um for those who care to know, I'm working from home and I'm working on the phones um from home. And so it was just like a little background music but nothing that would obviously be distracting because it's classical piano music so it wouldn't be super offensive to anybody or anything like that it's just classical piano music um so it was really kind of fun to just like have that on i might do that for all the other performances as well just because it's super relaxing um and also like something to watch and they are for the first time ever live streaming all those performances so That is pretty cool and will be exciting to go through this year. Um, It's something that would be really cool to go through Um, anyway, but then like with the adaptations and everything like that, it'll be an interesting thing to dive into over the course of the next few weeks while the um, competition is happening. So be prepared. We're going to have fun with that. Um, so that is what was going on in Belgium and now we are going to go ahead and move on to the British Royal family. isn't a whole lot to talk about in the British royal family, but I haven't looked at the court circular yet. So I just want to talk about the the one thing that did happen. Um, So today, Queen Elizabeth sent a message um, to the people of Northern Ireland to mark the 100th anniversary of basically the separation between Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland. Um, So those are two different countries. The Northern Ireland is part of the United Kingdom the Republic of Ireland is their own country that is not part of the UK um for those who are older than I am so I'm I'm in my late 20s um headed towards 30 oh boy um will remember some of the challenges between the Irish Republic and Northern Ireland um but it's been a hundred years since that partition happened. Um, and so today Queen Elizabeth sent that message to the people of Northern Ireland. Um, and it was focused on, so they shared like one little snippet out of the message, but it's a very long thing. Um, and so the snippet they chose to share on social media, reads, across generations, the people of Northern Ireland are choosing to build an inclusive, prosperous, and hopeful society, strengthened by the gains of the peace process. May this be our guiding thread in the coming years. Um, So obviously, you know, I know how challenging this time was, um, and has continued to kind of be for years and years. Um, you know, it's 2021 and today was the first like the hundred year anniversary. Um so in the past hundred years this has been fraught and a problem. Um and so it's just it was a big deal. Um and it I'm not doing a very good job of explaining it because I didn't do a great job of researching it because um I'm tired and I work and um, my work is different than sitting in my car. Like that's what DoorDash really had become for me. For those who don't know, I was a full-time DoorDash driver um, before this. And I was sitting in my car all the time, not making any money, but I had so much time to do research and stuff like that. So I'm still figuring it all out. We'll get through that. Um, But right now, not a whole lot of time to share a lot of research. Just for right now, while I adjust. Um, so that was what was going on, kind of publicly facing. And now let's take a look at the court circular. Let me pull it up. I have found for those who are following along with my struggle of the court circular. Um, I have found that using my phone Apple News Plus app is the best way to do this. I don't know why, but it is. All right. So the court circular. <laughs> has not been updated. So it looks like maybe there's not a court circular for today. Um, Let me check one other place here. Um, But like I said, I just don't think there's gonna be a court circular today, Um, which there doesn't appear to me from all the different places that I know to look. If there is, we'll talk about it tomorrow. Um, But for now, We are going to go ahead and move on to the Danish Royal family. There was one event kind of like public facing, um, in Denmark today. I actually haven't looked yet at my, at the Danish Royal calendar for the day. Um, but today Crown Princess Mary visited the home guard base in (sighs) Jonstrup Lerone. No idea. Um, my Danish is not good. It does not exist actually. Um, I can say like, really, I can say like three words in Danish and really it's not even in Danish, it's in Swedish. They're very similar languages, but not similar enough that I can say I can speak three words in, um, Danish. Anyway, um, one of these days, perhaps. So, um... I did a little bit of research on what the Danish Home Guard is, and so it is um, a fourth branch of the armed services of Denmark, and it is more focused on homeward facing things. So we've talked a lot about the Civil Guard in Spain, or the Guardia Civil, um, which is Spanish. Um, so, the Civil Guard in Spain is very similar to the Danish Home Guard in that they serve kind of dual roles. Um, they're military, but they're also police force, etc. So, they, they, they have a plurality of jobs. Um, so, they have assisted in foreign operations, um, also known as foreign wars, and then they also do a lot of work at home, um, in Denmark. And so they today, um, were showing Crown Princess Mary the work that they do for COVID. So each day oh, over a hundred home guard, um, soldiers will participate in a COVID-19 hotline. So they'll be able to help Danes, um, Receive COVID care, COVID answers. Um, and then they also do a contact tracing center with the home guard. So all the work of like, hi, it looks like you've been exposed to COVID for more than a short amount of time. We would like to, um, notify you of that and monitor you. Um, that is all done through the home guard or some of it is done through the home guard. Um, So that was a really cool event and I am glad that I was able to do a little bit of research on what, what the home guard is, um, and have something to compare it to in all honesty. Like that was really nice. Um, so that is what was going on in Denmark today. I do want to check because I forgot, I want to check their website because sometimes they don't share everything on social media, but they also don't share everything on the website. It's there a lot. They're very high maintenance in terms of tracking their day-to-day events. And then there's things like this, where Crown Princess Mary's event isn't even on the calendar. Obviously, we know it happened. I just talked about it. They shared about it on social media. And then it's just not sitting there. You can't see my face right now, but it is a frustrated face. Because I don't understand why they do this. So, anyway... Um, just make the calendar complete. I'm so frustrated. Um, okay. So that is what was going on in Denmark. And then, like I said, there was nothing on the calendar today, including Crown Princess Mary's event that we just talked about. But anyway, um, moving on, we are going to jump. Are you ready? We're jumping all the way to Sweden because there was nothing in the Netherlands today. There will be tomorrow. Uh, there was... Nothing in Norway. Today, there will be tomorrow. There was nothing in Spain. And I don't think there will be tomorrow either. Um, although I did want to talk about something really quickly, um, in terms of like tabloid and paparazzi photos. So the Spanish Royal family were photographed last night doing like a private event. Like they were doing their own thing. And, it's making the rounds because they were paparazzi Um, and I don't talk about those things. I've made that very clear. Obviously I just did. But like, in terms of, I don't talk about it because it's not an official event. It's nothing that was shared by Casa Real. I know it happened, but I don't like to talk about things like that very often. Um, one, I think it's like, a hu- it can be a huge invasion of their privacy. Um, went to the opera. It's not like a huge deal, but that's like their private lives. And I try to draw that boundary. Um, I know I'm not doing a great job because I did tell you what they did, but just so you know, like I know they're out there. I have the pictures myself, but I'm not going to share them or talk about the event in great detail because that's their personal private lives. And I think everyone, including members of Royal families are entitled to such things. So I just wanted to make that very clear. Um, And yeah, there's actually nothing on the calendar for them tomorrow. So with that, let's just go ahead now and talk about the Swedish royal family. up the traditional part of this podcast, we are going to talk about the Swedish Royal family's events of the day. Um, So the first thing, something they chose not to share about too much, um, is Crown Princess Victoria and Prince Daniel took part in a board meeting for the Princess Estelle Cultural Foundation. Um, So this is something the Princess Estelle Cultural Foundation was launched at the beginning of last year to become an organization that raises money for cultural activities throughout Sweden. So the first big project they did was they installed like a sculpture, like a pop-up sculpture park, um, to be on display for, I think most of the summer, spring, summer time in Sweden. Um, and then I think they were doing another project, but I haven't heard too much about it yet. Um, and so, obviously princess Estelle is um nine eight nine nine um and so she is not super involved because she's nine so her parents are part of um the board and taking up you know meetings on her behalf essentially um but then also i think prince daniel is on the board um and is kind of more in charge of that project because the crown princess is, well, being the crown princess and her job is a little more focused and broad, um, like focused on international and kind of Swedish focused activities, whereas Prince Daniel is able to help guide his daughter to be the future crown princess. Anyway, that was a very ridiculous conversation that I just had in my head. Um, so that was first. And then also today, Prince Daniel took part in a digital meeting with the Geelin is how I'm going to say it. The Geelin Foundation, um, which is an organization that actually distributes grants for research on kidney transplants. Um, so this is something, you know, and all this talk about like what Prince, Prince Daniel does and like what his focuses are this is something that only he can do. Um, so I have talked about this a couple of times. Um, Prince Daniel, before he was Prince Daniel, um, was the recipient of a kidney transplant from his father. Um, so Daniel was in need of a new kidney, um, in 2009, I think. Um, so he... And Victoria had announced their engagement and then a couple of months later, so I think they announced in like February or March, in September, I think, he underwent a kidney transplant with his father being the donor. Um, and then they were married in the June in June of two thousand and ten. So during all of that time, um, he was preparing for a transplant and then recovering. Um, and so they had probably one of the longest like royal engagement periods ever. Um, It was very long, but obviously there was a health issue in the middle that needed to be addressed um, and it was super important. So this is something that every now and then um, he'll pop up and do an event focused on kidney transplant that really only he can do um, and bring the attention to it that he can because he was lucky enough to receive a donation and have a successful donation, um, have a successful transplant and just all of it. It was really awesome for him. Um, and he's obviously doing very well. Although I was not happy when he got COVID, I was very scared for him. Um, but anyway, so that is what was going on in our traditional day to day events. So now we are going to take a quick break and jump over and talk about our remaining, you guys, I'm so excited, our remaining two monarchies. So let's go ahead and do that now. Welcome back. So a quick recap. We have talked about in this episode, um, or in this series, Um, 27 additional monarchies in the world that I don't talk about every day, um, because there are a lot. So I think the grand total is there's like 30 and I talk about seven of them. So there are 23, probably more that I don't talk about. So we have talked about, and this is going to be in most of March, Um, most of March and beginning of April, we will have gone through, um, different monarchies throughout the world. Some highlights are, like, the Grand Duchy of Luxembourg, um, Japan, Jordan, that was interesting. Um, we talked about Jordan, I called them stable, and then they went and had, like, a coup situation for a couple days, so that was fun. Um... (laughs) That was just really bad timing. Um, The Principality of Liechtenstein, Monaco. um, We talked about Saudi Arabia where I asked if I could just skip it um, because seriously, I just did not want to talk about it. Um, And so now we have made our way to the last two. Um, And then Prince Philip passed away. And so of course things got a little busy on the podcast, and then just so many things um, have happened that we're just now catching up a month later, Um, but anyway, it's okay. So we are going to start today with the United Arab Emirates, Um, and this is another one that I honestly just wanted to skip because I don't quite understand. I've done some research, I understand a little bit more. I've obviously had a lot of time to sit with this. Um, but here's why. It's because the United Arab Emirates is a conglomerate of seven reigning monarchs because the UAE is a federation of seven monarchies focused on constituent areas. So these are going to be like Similar to states, um, each state, like if if this is the apples for apples comparison, which is not perfect, but each state, so I live in Ohio, I would have my my own monarch. Um, Someone who lives in New York would have theirs. Someone who lives in Nebraska would have theirs. So that's what that kind of is, is. It's a federation of different... Areas that all make up a country, but each of those areas have their own monarchy. So when we talk about the royal family of the UAE, we're really talking about seven different royal families. So there are two, there are seven Emiratis. That's what they're called. There's Abu Dhabi, which is, I think, kind of the most, one of the most famous ones, Ajman, Dubai, which is the next famous one, uh, Fujaria, Ross, Ross al-Kaima, Sharjah, and Umm al Quwain. So it's complicated. It's messy. It doesn't fit into my like understanding of the world. Um, cause that's just, like my brain literally hurts when I talk about it. Um, However, you know, it, it is something that I enjoyed learning. I enjoyed understanding why it was confusing to me. Um, so now I understand it. I still don't really like it. It still makes my brain hurt. Um, but at least I understand it. And now hopefully you can too. So if you ever hear someone talking about like the Royal family of Abu Dhabi or the Royal family of Dubai, that's accurate. Someone talking about the UAE's Royal family is not because they have seven. So that is the United Arab Emirates. And now we are going to the most exciting to me of these 27 and our final one to the Vatican City State. So the Vatican City State is a city state in Rome. So it's the Vatican. It's the Holy Seed. Seat. It's, um, you know... Vatican City is its own country. Um, even though, yes, it is technically in Rome, it's its own country. Um, the head of state for Vatican, for the Vatican City is the Pope, the Catholic Pope. Um, here's why I love it. I'm not Catholic, not religious, none of it. Like, super kind of anti-Catholic, like, not anti-Catholic, but like, um, just anti-organized religion like this. Um, but there's another part of me that loves the history and the tradition and the, the rules, if you want to peek into my personality, the rules of the Catholic church and like the order of events and the, thousand-year-old traditions of picking a new pope, things like that. I love that. Um, I may not agree with half their stances, but I do love the way they function. Um, So, currently, the pope is Pope Francis, um, who previously was... um, Oh my goodness, I cannot believe I'm forgetting the Pope's actual name. But anyway, he was the bishop from Argentina. Um, he's from Buenos Aires. He, um, I don't know. I just, I love him kind of. Um, so the Pope is elected by a council of his peers or cardinals, um, is their title. And so the Pope is, um, the head of state, the kind of, um, obviously the Vatican is a theocracy, so it's focused on religion as the primary, like, thing, um, because people all over the country rely on the Vatican, rely on the Pope to kind of help guide their, or all over the world, I think I said country, but all over the world, rely on the Vatican and the Pope to guide their thinking, um, and guide their beliefs and things along those lines. So it's a little bit different in that it's not one country, um, because people, all over the world. There are Catholics everywhere, um, and people who believe that. Um, and so, I don't know, I just kind of love, again, the tradition, um, the conclave, which is what they are, what they call it when they pick a new pope, is some of my, like, favorite history things, um, I don't think I watched the conclave when, um, Pope Francis was selected, but I did when Benedict XVI was selected. So I was 11, um, in 2004 when that happened and, or maybe it was 2005. So I was 11 or 12. Um, it was so fascinating to me. And I watched, you know, much like I watch doors now for anything like Cambridge related, um, I was watching a tower, a chimney for smoke for hours. Um, so I would recommend, like, if you're kind of interested in this, um, there's a movie on Netflix called The Two Popes, which talks about Pope Benedict XVI and Pope Francis and kind of like their relationship and how that all came to be. Um, and I think it's like a fairly decent, um, m- not super offensive movie in terms of figuring out all of that. Um, I don't know. I really enjoyed it. And then also just like tons of documentaries because it's super interesting. Um, but yeah, just the, the tradition I think is my favorite. That's why I'm like in love with it so much. Um, so with that, that brings us to the end. You guys, we finally finished the project. So, like I said, in yesterday's episode, we aren't going to have any projects this month um, while I just adjust. Obviously, I've picked up an energy um, this evening, which is great. I'm very excited about that. But it, the week is just going to keep continuing roll after roll. Um, so hopefully we will continue on with my steadiness, but no new projects this month because that one took a long time. It took over a month there was a lot of stuff in between, but still. Um, so I think maybe in June, I might focus on weddings or big events or something. I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, but that will be more like, um, the tiara special that I did online, um, on Tumblr or on the website and Instagram, um, focused more on just photo editing rather than a whole ton of research. So With all of that, we are going to end this episode here. Thank you so much for listening. I will talk to you all tomorrow. Please check out all the things, thedailyroyal.com, thedailyroyal on Instagram, like and review the podcast, and I will talk to you all tomorrow. Have a great Tuesday. Bye.